Hey ballers, welcome to If These Balls Could Talk with the peers that cause thunderous cheers, our strongest steers and leaders of the frontier that may or may not have come from ChatGPT. Anyway, this is Mark along with John. We'd like to congratulate our producer and brother from another mother, Peter Steffen, who welcomed a beautiful baby boy during our break. Congratulations, Pete and Steph. Yay! Baby watch is over, and now they're just watching him all the time. Still yes. our favorite soundbite, though. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, best soundbite ever. As a kind reminder, if you like what you hear or see, please hit that subscribe button. Tonight, we welcome to the podcast Kyle Monsies. Good evening, Kyle. Hello, hello. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you I for do coming. Have, well, I, I I have a little bit of a gripe. If I could start off with a complaint. Ooh. Um, yeah, a little bit of uh, so so Pete had a child specifically to avoid seeing me. He did. He did. I'm a yes. little hurt. It was the master plan. It was yeah, a master he, plan nine months in advance. <laughs> timed this all out, invited me to do this. Uh, I was so excited. And then all of a sudden. So Pete, Kyle, and I were drinking and playing poker. Let's be honest. And um, I was like, hey, shit, Kyle, you should be on the podcast. And I probably said something like, okay. Uh, and uh, I did. Here I am. Here you are. Here you, Here you are. are. Pete is listening. Hey, Pete. Pete, do you like the way hey, that uh, your thumbnail turned out? Yeah. If, if, if for those of the, that are watching the lives, the video stream, we do still have Pete in, uh, located right, right below me with a, uh, a little avatar and, and a, a little bundle no, of joy. So cute. <laughs> and <laughs> Stephen Pete's son, cuter than that bundle. Straight much up. cuter. Yes. Anyway, John, how you been? I am great. I am yeah. great. So I've been bitching about my health and being an old man, and it turns out I might just be vitamin D deficient. Really? Which still means that I'm old, right? That's still an that, old man thing, but that, it's not cancer. That's a man, that's a man thing. Yeah, that's a man thing. A, I, uh, I've been told I have low vitamin D too, so I take a daily vitamin. You got a low D? <laughs> I got a low D. <laughs> got a low D. Mark, I missed you. <laughs> I've missed you too. It's, it's, it seems like it's been longer than two weeks, but... Yeah, we can't ever take a break. It's so sad. Well, we're going to have to take a break eventually, especially well, we towards the end of the season. we have to take a Christmas break because it will be very difficult. We're going to be taking a long a... Christmas break. Yeah, three weeks, you guys. But Mark will mm -hmm. maybe put out some content on YouTube like he's been doing. Oh, now we have obviously. Obviously. Yeah. So. I've, been, uh, I've been going backwards, actually, to, make, to download all of the previous episodes and trying to pick the, the best ones that we've Dude, had, my we mental had, so. health rant showed so good. I hope somebody watched it. <laughs> I was like, look, Melanie, I sound so smart. I think it's. I think that one played really well on TikTok. By the yeah, way, I we did. are now on TikTok. All we ballers. hell yeah, we are. I finally Whoa. broke Mark's arm. Oh my youths. god. Oh my. Yep. For the youngins. For the youths. <sighs> well, my, okay. So Mark found a new toy, and you guys have been seeing it on our socials. It's called Opus Clip, and it's taking our YouTube videos and making them really awesome, really compact, little bite-sized doses of if these balls could talk. He showed me the first one, and I was like, you know, Mark. This is TikTok content. You got to put it out. It is. It's 100% TikTok content. And so each one, thank you everyone, has almost 300 views. So I feel mm -hmm. really good about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to get some eyes on the content so you guys can watch and you can download. Each video, I can, I can link to the actual YouTube uh, clip too as well. Or the, Rock and the, roll. The episode, That's awesome. So. Do that. Oh, synergy. Anyway, you guys are, uh, it's not just a peek behind the curtain with you guys. It's the, the full, oh, yeah. just full, full on the full curtain. The piping is out. There's no curtain. 
We're barely shirt. wearing clothes. It's just full on to all access. No pants. <laughs> How no are you, Mark? Pants. No pants. I'm good. I'm good. Things uh you know, it's kind of funny. This is this is the towards the end of the year where things kind of slow down. People take time off. Uh, I have not really experienced that though. I've in fact today I there was this one project that I I had to draw it was a drop everything project that I needed to do. Uh and it uh it took up most of my pretty much my entire day actually. Um it's yeah, so it doesn't feel like that the holiday season is is upon us and that things are going to slow down but the winter a good house selling season or a bad house selling season. It's bad, it's, right? I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's just slower. Yeah. Uh, I do have a few people I'm working with right now that uh, that are really motivated to buy. So hopefully we can end this this year with a on a good note for the real estate world. Rock and roll. That's awesome, man. Speaking of which, uh, you know what? We're going to get to know our guests a little bit better. Now, Kyle, I, I hear that you recently purchased your first home. And congratulations. So as someone who works in real estate, I'm curious about what you thought about the whole process and what made you fall in love with your house. Also, have we experienced any difficulties that involve home ownership? Uh, I, I found out it, it is one of those things that uh, people say is, is complicated. Um, and you just kind of nod your head and say, okay. Uh, and then you do the process and, um, it, it's, it's complicated. It's uh, a lot involved, <laughs> right? There's a lot involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was really great. Um, we didn't have a, a super traditional path. We actually bought direct. Hi, um, staff. Well, <laughs> Um, don't don't interrupt the guest, John. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the wild uh, west here, Kyle. You're gonna I, have I'm to not, get strong. I'm not planning on being invited back, uh, but <laughs> just in case I am, you got to be nice to me. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, uh, you you can unfortunately see behind me. There's a part of a a wall currently missing a little bit um so you don't need all your renovation you need all your walls deep uh in in fighting yeah it, it turns demolition out, fun <laughs> um well I, I didn't exactly do that i did that wasn't a choice uh so um you know it's uh i'm i'm learning a lot uh riding that mm. curve getting handier by the day uh and so overall that's what happened experience. to rick uh, previous guest rick marshall he was um he was like wow i'm learning like a lot and now he's like very good at his house youtube oh, yeah. is a wonderful thing it's it meanwhile i've been in my so house much. for like 20 years oh, and i haven't done geez, shit to yeah, it yeah so. my um my dad gave me uh when we moved in um he gave me the book like this thick hard cover uh, you know, manual from, I don't know, late seventies, early eighties that, you know, had everything. And I remember growing up as a kid, like you, any problem that came up, you'd whip this thing out. Um, and, uh, I really wanted to follow in his footsteps. Uh, but I said, dad, I'm going to put this in a drawer. I, I have YouTube now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and so far yeah my my rule has been uh three two three youtube videos if i can figure out how to do it i do it if it's beyond that then i i probably need to get some help or if you need like a license or a, a permit yeah i i don't i don't have time to to go back to school so. you don't have time to get a permit yeah it turns out pete it's knows an work. electrician slash carpenter oh he works He's for dead. buffalo wings yeah he does <laughs> It's kind of kind of afar from Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Kyle, yeah, but figure it's great, it out. Though. We've uh, we've. Thank you for asking. We've very much been enjoying it. Um, Home ownership has been very. Pleasant. I mean, it's a beautiful room. 
That's yeah, I think uh, plenty of room for uh, all of for activities. Uh, the yes, many activities. Uh, <laughs> is that a work, is that a working stove behind you? Uh, yep, uh, fireplace, uh, nice. drum kit off uh, this way, uh, and neighbors far enough away for uh, all of this stuff to be used and, and not have uh, any law enforcement show up. So it's great. <laughs> Let us know when the housewarming is. We'll be there. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, we yeah. uh, we need to do that. Maybe uh, maybe we could record a, a podcast episode from the basement. I don't know. <laughs> I was a little squirrely in the beginning to do remote uh, remote recording, but I think we should try one. We, we should. Cool. Why not? I think it'd be cool. We should do it at all, the next all, sporting event we go to. Like all the at equipment. House. All the equipment we have is is mobile. Well, yeah, it sounds good. With the exception of some of the lights. I don't know. One of these we, days, I'm going to take a picture of all of my setup. Yeah, I don't have any lights. That's why I look like shit. Well, you have an overhead light. I do. Although I can also see the reflection of the screen in your glasses. Oh, right there. Yeah. I could always if see. If I take them off, I can't read those, so. <laughs> Talk about old man. Hey. So is there anything that you wish you knew, you know, what you know, you, you knew then that you know now about buying a home, Kyle? Oh, jeez. Um, or about I, being someone who owns a home, which is also terrible. I don't, I don't know, because it's, it's odd. I feel like the, the process actually went pretty smoothly maybe what i didn't realize was the time allocation that is required you start a project uh and then you realize that um you know <laughs> there's actually three secret projects that you need to complete before you complete mm -hmm. that project so secret um, projects Amazing. yeah 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 it's buried buried inside of you know uh, that's all home, uh, home ownership is it's just a list of projects that it keeps growing and never yeah. gets any smaller I exactly like, oh, so this I, I think... wall isn't held up by anything weird yeah huh someone made um, bad choices 10 years ago <laughs> yeah um that and i i my my only hope is that one day uh i'm, I'm old and gray and i go to sell this house uh and i i leave um, a trail of horribly completed DIY projects that the next owner can uncover and go, oh my God, why That's did he thing. do it like That's this? That's the thing. What That's why I thinking? can't ever move because every new owner will hate me because this yeah, house, yeah. no, no, no one can. <laughs> no one. I think I'll just keep it. I'm like my little shame house if I ever move. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll store shit in it. I don't know. No, can't be that bad. That's I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that. Bad. There we go. Hey. All right, going into writing these questions, I had a feeling that you got married recently, but as of this August, you celebrated your two-year wedding anniversary. Congratulations! You you uh, so you and your lovely wife have been together for ten years before that, which resonates with me because Mel and I got married after nine years. Yes. Um, does a long-term relationship change with marriage and? Do you have advice for listeners on making 12-year or longer relationships work? By the way, that was YouTube, uh, Facebook research this morning. Sorry for stalking you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you, you've looked at uh, my Facebook account much more recently than I have. <laughs> I, I have. I have. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. No, uh, so I think everyone's personal journey is probably going to be extremely different. I think for us, it, um, you know, we, we had a foundation where it really didn't. Um, you know, we've had a lot of different phases. We had to do, um, long distance, uh, while we were both doing our, our masters. Um, we had to do like, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, right after we moved in together. 
Um, so, you know, we, we've experienced a, a lot and I, so no, I don't, I don't think marriage like suddenly magically flips a switch if you have that type of foundation. Um, you know, as far as long-term, at least, you know, I, I feel like I have no authority, uh, on, uh, <laughs> commenting. I, I don't have a, a degree. I'm not a, a counselor, <laughs> but, um, you know, well, for, let's, uh, 12 years of being together is certainly a pretty good accomplishment, especially these days. So I, yeah, I've, I've been pat, having pat yourself time. on the back for that. One. <laughs> listen, listen at the end. At, so, okay. So 1997, Mel and I are 26 years in and at the end of the day, living with another person is hard. Yeah, period. No, Hard stop, right? Um, because you're, they're not you. And even if 26 years in, they're, they're a lot you. They're not you all the way. And you guys have different opinions on things. And so learning to like talk together and be honest and talk about... This is the thing that I'm learning now. Talk about the things that bother you, even yeah, if it's sure. uncomfortable, because bottling that stuff, just like saying, oh, I can handle that. It, that doesn't last. It doesn't last. And yeah. and eventually you're just bitter, right? And you're angry, and then you're like, "Why are you so angry?" Well, because Hopefully you do not. this and this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and so, no, but that's why you have to talk about it. You have to yeah. get it out in the open. You have to work through it. And I think that's um, at least four year old John. I think that's what John. Uh, that that's the advice that I would give personally. Yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. That's you know I was going to say communication is one. Yeah. It's so cheesy, but it's the number one thing. Like if if you're not talking, if you're not listening, uh, and actually empathizing and trying to understand like what your partner's needs are um and expressing you know where where you're at and it's a constant journey right it's not like one day you suddenly have it all figured out like you know you you got to keep that dialogue going constantly for sure um yeah so yeah. I, I think my uh maybe that's that's two for two everyone go have a conversation <laughs> be, <laughs> be open <laughs> Yeah. And no, talk about your stuff and, and own your stuff, right? Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like, if, if you're not ready to, like, fully admit, like, what your strengths and weaknesses are, also, like, admitting when you're wrong, like, unfortunately, you know, there's 100% a, a, a toxic, you know, uh, enforcement, uh, like, for, for men of... You know, you, you got to be tough. You know, you got to prove something like constantly. I'm never wrong, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's what is I'm more manly than learning uh, and figuring out that you can do better uh, oh, and yeah. then actually doing better. Uh, <laughs> so, That's you know, I, yeah. I think, you know, taking a step back 100%, like, I, I need to do better at this. I was wrong. Like those things are okay uh, to to do, and it's healthy to do that, and it could one hundred percent save a relationship from breaking down for sure. And if you can't be honest with your partner, then who can you be honest with? I mean, seriously. Yeah, and honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. how can you be honest with other people if you're not being honest with yourself? So it's a, you know, it's a layered process. I think the biggest struggle for me in um, this is regarding my relationship would be to not take everything personally like a chronic pleaser right and i've been right you guys have all heard about my my italian family and my growing up with stress and guilt and things i'm still a chronic pleaser but like understanding that just because something is negative doesn't mean it's your fault and it doesn't mean someone's saying it's your fault so that was a challenge and that was something that i probably have taken the last 10 or 15 years to get over and i'm not over it yet 
for sure. Like if Mel was listening, she'd probably laugh. She wouldn't even talk about it. But um, <laughs> I understand, right? I get it. Like I get it. So we're getting there. Uh, after 41 episodes, we we're always love to talk about new things on the on the episode or on the podcast. Uh, now I hear that you are an avid tabletop gamer. So over the past 10 years, the quality and complexity of board games have certainly come a long way. So tell us some of our your favorite games and what is maybe the weirdest one you've ever tried out. Okay, huh? Um, so I, I I do love tabletop games. Um, I've been very very fortunate. Um, some very dear friends uh, of mine. Uh, we've been playing in a group for I uh, probably around ten years. Probably more. Uh, I'm realizing I'm getting more Spicy. old. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, um, mm. big fans of Call of Cthulhu. Um, and recently, I'll throw a plug out there, anyone who's uh, interested in this stuff. We've been playing a system called Dungeon World, uh, and it's been a ton of fun. Um, it's much less rule heavy. Um, you kind of uh, you roll 2d6s uh, to, to figure out pretty much everything. Um, and it's got a huge emphasis just on the, the role-playing aspect and the story aspect. That's, that's super cool. Um, yeah, I love just, story-based, story-based tabletop. That's great. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's nothing worse when um, you're playing uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and you roll a critical hit and then you go to roll your damage and you get a one. Uh, like, or, hmm. you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I want to do a, a cool wrestling move where I pick somebody up and I suplex them. Uh, and then, you know, there's not exactly a, a role for suplex <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons, right? So we have to like uh, combine different roles, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that could get kind of tedious and not so fun. Uh, yeah. If it's like, well, roll strength, but then also roll athletics and then, you know, roll. And, you know, so. Well, giving, you have a tendency, um, or at least when I've played D&D, to just get caught up in the minutia. Yeah, yeah. Like the rules. And now you're like, the rules are important, but also... <laughs> You know, you're fighting dragons with a magical sword. You know, yeah. Like, you just want to have fun. You want to escape, and you want you want your players when you're running a game. You want everybody to just be able to do cool stuff and like enjoy right. themselves and be the hero, right? So um, that's that's been really great. Um, and then as far as the board games, let's see, what can I plug? I do love Scythe, uh, but it's so complicated. <laughs> it takes forever to set up, forever to play, so I don't play it too much. You know what? We found um, um during COVID, um the group that I play with, we did um pretty consistently a um a virtual game night. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole set. I think there was one company, Asmody, maybe, that bought like all the really good tabletop games and digitized them. And so there's a scythe um on Steam Ooh. um produced by Asmody. And that's the only way I play Scythe now because it does. It's also the only way I play. Um, what's Wait the one about it. Mars, Kyle? Tell me. Uh, terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars. The only way I play Terraforming mm-hmm. Mars because all that like twenty thousand pieces, twenty minutes setup, it just does. It's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard enough to get people together to you know find the time to play the game. Then when you have to find like a half an hour just to set everything up, it yeah. can also take yeah. a lot of the enjoyment out of it. For sure. So, for sure. But yeah, I love I love tabletop games. Um, Mark, when was the guys, last tabletop? When was the last board game you played? The last board game I played. Um, the last board game Mark played because I don't think Mark plays board games. 
No, I, I used to play board games all the time. Um, I would not want to say, I believe maybe the last one I played was Catan. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I remember playing Classic. Settlers back in our day, too. Uh, we played so much Settlers. Mm. So Kyle, um, our fraternity, um, Mark and I were in the same fraternity. Pete wasn't, but he should have been. Um, <laughs> um, so we, play, we went on these retreats, and it's like fraternity things, but we'd always bring Settlers, and we'd always in these knockdowns over like settlers minutia and it was it was really fun those things were awesome anytime you can get like 15 of your favorite dudes in 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 a small cabin and be freezing and play a board game it's like you're like this is good you're speaking my language also a little smelly but you know whatever Eh, smelly adjacent boys we're a bunch of boys but uh i guess (laughs) the the only thing left for you guys to do uh is set up a patreon uh, and then have a Let's Play uh, podcast running on the side. Interesting. I actually know someone that does something very similar to that. That's a great fucking idea, Kyle. Made you think. Made you think. <laughs> hey, if anyone who's listening, who listens in the future has an interest in that, let us know and we will for sure do that because that sounds really fun. John, could you do that and produce a show at the same time? I cannot. <laughs> Guys, you've seen how this show goes. I can barely produce the show, but John, you're doing a great job, though. You remember to hey, record. Show is up. Yeah, the show is recording. up and running. I'm having fun. I don't, I don't know go. if that's worth anything. I have a, I have a cool Merry Christmas. I have a cool Merry Christmas shirt on. Yeah, I do. Nice. I do. I keep forgetting that this is also uh, a visual podcast. So I have like, oh, John's just showing us his shirt, uh, and everyone has to use their imagination, but. No. <laughs> no. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I do care. I really care for, for our download listeners. But you should also just go watch the YouTube. It's really fun. Absolutely. Watch us on YouTube. Or on TikTok. www.youtube.com at if these balls pod. TikTok. Yeah, I'll TikTok. You want to know you. something about really weird about TikTok? I've been really like I've been like you, Mark. I've been really like very slow on TikTok. Because I was like, ah, it's just not for me. And so I downloaded TikTok because I told Mark I would if he if he put us on TikTok. And I really like it. It's really fun. I, I see what the whole hubbub is about. And yes, I sound old. Do you get do you get you get caught like just scrolling videos all for a while? Holy and shit. Then you, everything's and you so do realize good. it's like a half hour or an hour later. <laughs> like a long time. That's the I wouldn't say everything is good. Ah. <laughs> you gotta, cura- it's, it's you gotta curate good. your social media better, Mark. Mm. What'd you say? It's, it's, uh, too, it's too good. It's 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 engineered to make you sit there uh until all of a sudden uh you're covered in potato chip crumbs <laughs> and it's five in the morning and it's I, not an I accident they embedded a store oh, oh yikes i it's so I, i'll admit i'm maybe i'm the oldest man here because i i will not touch this stuff i i got rid of uh john, Reddit, for, john got, forced me to tiktok I can't, I can't do yeah. it because I, my brain, I'm just, I'll get sucked right on in and then mm. I'm gone. You'll never see me By the again. way, Mark, Kyle's like 10 years younger than us. Doesn't sound it. <laughs> 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 all right. All right, everyone. Shall we kick off the shindig? Hell yeah. Hello, love. It's time for a first topic is. So now touchdowns are a big reason why the NFL audience loves to watch American football, primarily due to the fantasy points and the pure entertainment value of the end zone celebrations. Now, the NFL has certainly adjusted the rules to help offense as well. Now, despite this, we have actually seen a decline in overall scoring this season. Uh, In fact, points have declined for the past three seasons altogether. 
And this year is on pace to be the lowest since 2009. Now, this has also caught the eye of resident old man Tom Brady, who has been who has expressed his old man get off my lawn beliefs, saying that there's, quote, a lot of mediocrity, unquote, in today's NFL. And he thinks the officiating hasn't helped. So, everyone, why do we feel scoring is down? And is Tom Brady right that officiating has turned the NFL mediocre? I mean, the officiating and and shout out to my 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 good buddy Pete. Um, the officiating in the Bills Eagles game this past uh, week was very that is not good. why they lost the game. First I, of all, it is not why they lost the game <laughs> because they had many opportunities to win the game, which they did not. However, it was bad. I will say they got hosed on a few calls. Definitely more than the Eagles did. I just watched a breakdown of how bad it was, and I didn't watch the game, but I, I they they mentioned in the over in overtime there was a incompletion that should have been a fumble and actually was a fumble in another game this week on the Chargers game. There was two steps and a drop. It was a punch out and that was a fumble, but it wasn't a fumble for the Eagles. And they did score on that drive to win the game. They did. So they did. maybe, um, I, I mean, that's I, not the I, question. I say, I say that that should have been an incomplete pass. Yeah. The, the, the I, way I that watch. I know the rule is it should have been an incomplete pass, but I think the reason why the bills really lost, not because the officiating because James Cook didn't catch that. F- that wide open pass he had yeah. a wide he had yeah. a touchdown had he caught that the bills would have won the game and jake elliott pretty much was a superhero oh my god that's how what 62 yards oh, 62 that was, into a crosswind in the rain that's amazing they actually uh they actually listed a stat he has never missed a field goal in like the fourth quarter in overtime Woo! that was what? that was sharp the man is clutch. i don't know i don't know i honestly i think probably defenses are better um, I think that defensive players are really amazing in the modern NFL. Oh my God. The modern day defense NFL defensive lineman is just like super jacked. And, and I think we just, talk about it a lot. Um, the guy, you know, the, the, the 250 pound man who can run a four, four, who is literally like armored 250 pound man who runs 15 miles an hour. You're just like, what am I getting hit by? And I mean, well, I think that's part of the reason there's so many injuries too. I feel like they're getting smarter too. Like they're getting better at disguising what what they're really trying to to run as a defense. I mean, when when you, first of all, when you see eight giant men at the line of scrimmage and they all look like they're about to kill you, <laughs> so you start their, yeah. their job is to kill you. And and some, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just back off. But they look like they're gonna just just gonna run right over you. Let me ask you guys a, a question real quick. So sure. I, I mean. So do you, do you think it comes down to improved uh, defensive coordination or do you think it's the um, I guess the the training or the um, the programs that players are coming up through? I mean, what what do you think is, is really contributing the most to um, the the improvement in, in defense? across? The I think it's a little bit of both. Now, keep in mind this this problem. This is this isn't really a new thing with the whole scoring being down. So this kind of, it's a, it's very cyclic in the NFL. Offense finds a way to score more points, and then defense catches up to it. So back in two thousand nine was kind of around the time that Wildcat was a thing. Remember that? Like when that first came out, no one could stop the Wildcat, and then everyone figured out how to stop the Wildcat. And you don't really see that being called in NFL games anymore. Nobody can stop the brotherly shove. And actually, nobody can do the brotherly shove either, which is really nobody can do. Yeah. So I think it's all based the fact that Jason Kelsey is a monster. (laughs) Well, I think it's I think I think that's the fact that 
defense is too like there's a way to I think there's a way to stop the brotherly shove. You essentially have to do it from defense. Yeah. You essentially need two layers of people of of grown ass men just pushing on each other. But there's there's a way to to essentially uh, go against that is you just you fake the brotherly shove. You all of a sudden you you go up, you go back, and then you pass the ball. I think people yeah. are kind of afraid of of fake brotherly shove too. Yeah. I also saw Jalen Hurts squat 600 pounds recently. So. He's a large, yes, he's a very powerful man. Yes. So, you know. But, but you're absolutely it's right. A, it's, it's Jason Kelsey, it's but it's also Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think it's Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts because they're both very large, very strong men. Um, I don't really, I mean, I think the quality of the NFL is very high. I think that there are players in this modern NFL, like the Tyreek Hills that are faster and better than anything we've ever seen i mean a lot more motion going on uh, pre-motion snaps i'm sorry yeah. pre-snap motion going on i mean like the the top five wide receivers in the nfl right now like tyreek hill justin jefferson jamar chase i mean those guys those guys could run circles around guys 10 years ago i, I think they're probably not scoring honestly because defenses have the internet <laughs> I mean, it's fucking stupid, but the, the ability for a defense to look at um, at plays with like uh, big data and Amazon Web Services and just like being able to look at like the like the arm angles, like exactly the arm angle from a video is amazing when you think about it from a computing standpoint. Pete picked up on my pre-motion snap uh, po- uh, snafu. He says the Bills were doing too many pre-motion snaps, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It happens to everyone, uh, just for the record. So, so I have to, um, before we get any further, I have to admit I'm, I'm a fraud uh, and a charlatan, and I have no right being on a, a sports podcast. I did word John uh, of this. Um, so well, it's I, okay, because I wrote like two sports questions, because I knew that okay. you said that. <laughs> and um, I, I, you know, I didn't actually realize this. I wrote like all football questions this week, and I did not really mean to do that. Well, so, so uh, the, the good news is um, I'm not clueless. The bad news is, uh, is much like um, chat GPT, uh, if you will, the, the information that I was trained on is cut off uh, at like <laughs> circa 2010. <laughs> um, you know, like growing up. 2021, uh, I think. Hmm? All right. Kyle, are you an AI? I, Kyle, so are you real? Is that, is that, that a real, is that a real house behind us, behind you? It's not. Uh, no, I, all I could say is the uh, the folks at Microsoft are doing great work. Uh, <laughs> I, I get paid to say that. Uh, Microsoft so, sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys need to aim higher, I think. I, I think I you think could we probably do. pull I think we there. need a sponsor. <laughs> it is time to do the next topic. All right. So. We're going to talk about the thing I've been waiting to talk about all week, okay? Um, I wouldn't call either of the wins impressive, but at least the Giants are fun to watch again. <laughs> oh, my God. While, while the best thing they did on offense this past weekend, being the Patriots, is turn the ball over only once. The pride of Livingston, New Jersey, um, has somehow led the Giants to their first winning streak of the year, throwing four touchdowns, which is more than good old Danny Dimes, and no interceptions. Uh, going into their bye week and coming back for week 14 with a somewhat healthy Tyrod Taylor, does the boy from Jersey, Tommy DeVito, get to keep the job? And even more importantly, what does the QB situation in New York look like next season? <sighs> I love how... All right. 
Listen, the two you can opponents... T- you can say it because I know what's going on. But the I'm in, two I opponents have... that you've de- beaten are the Commanders and the hey. Patriots. Hey. Do you hey. think Danny Dimes could would have lost to those two franchises? I honestly do. I honestly come on, come do. on. Come no, on. I honestly do. And the way that the, they won, though, the way that they won, though, like one of us probably could have beaten the, both of those teams. Just start, just start, give it well, a Saquon. They scored a bu- <laughs> they scored a bunch in the Commanders game. The, the they Patriots did. game. The Patriots game was sad. that was awful. That was awful. awful. And it was, I, I it was like it was guys, it was like uh, watching two Pop Warner teams. What what, what did you say, Kyle? So I've I've seen you guys uh, both individually uh, deadlift six hundred pounds. So I know that you guys could have easily, gotten that easily. game and probably won <laughs> for sure. So you know what you think about it? Okay, let's think about it. Okay, so um, we're I don't on. Think about this, it. <laughs> this is week thirteen, so we're twelve games in. Twelve games in. Uh, Tommy DeVito has now um, started three of them. Obviously, he lost against the Cowboys. We're not talking about that. Um, but in two games now, not the Cowboys. He's thrown seven touchdowns. In, in in nine games, nine games, nine games. Danny Dimes threw three. Let's see. Let's team. see what. The let's same see, team, guys. Let's see what the kid who lives on his mom's couch can do against this formidable team. Okay. I, okay. I mean, we're playing. We're fi- playing Philly twice in in, in exactly. the home stretch. So let's see I, how. Like, I who, who are they playing this get, week? Uh, they are on bye this week because everyone oh, on is bye. on bye this week. Everyone. There's like the six paper. teams. I'm watching a game right now. That's not, they're not on by, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but and 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 the premise of the question. I does he de- does he deserve does he deserve listen, to, to start? Yes, he does. No, I see the movie. I mean, listen, okay, we have an undrafted Italian <laughs> kid, Italian kid from New Jersey, undrafted Italian kid from New Jersey, who has made the 2023 Giants fun to watch again, and he has. Empirically, no. people are excited. They are. <laughs> I see the movie. He says, "I see who's the directing? movie. It I depends. do yeah, see who's the gonna, movie. Who's gonna, who's gonna play Tommy, Tommy DeVito? Clearly Mark Wahlberg. Clearly, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Clearly. Well, Mark Clearly. Wahlberg's a lefty. Mark Wahlberg's a lefty. Also, check it out. They play. They play and defeat the evil Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's the finale. I mean, that's, like, oh yeah, that's so wonderf- gonna happen. That's wonderful. That's so gonna happen. It's wonderful. I should make a AI write it. it. That's definitely fan fiction right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make make AI write it. Yeah, they're gonna beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Please, maybe 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 Super Bowl one hundred and forty seven. They will. Do you think he starts Week fourteen? Let's keep it. Simple. I do. I do. He's deserved it. He deserves. I think he it. does deserve it. I think Tyrod Taylor is garbage, and um, I think Tyrod Taylor's not garbage. He's he's got the he's got the worst luck in the world though. I mean, he got, no 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 no. Think about his his history and and P can back me up on this because he was on the Bills. He gets hurt, and I think that's when Josh Allen got in. Right? I think I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Pete can 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 can. Don't deny my knowledge, Pete. He got like some kind of cortisone shot, and uh, when he was on the Chargers, and because because someone like pierced him in the somewhere wrong with the needle whatever like that he had to miss a game and that's when justin herbert took over that's crazy that that is a truth fact and i i do remember that tommy friggin devito tommy uh, touchdowns i i was wrong pete pete has corrected me tyler was let go prior to the they them drafting josh allen ah uh, look um, pete knows the emoji there was an article this week that the friggin italian emoji i'm so excited about this <laughs> fucking guy 
But there was something else that happened with Tyrod Taylor. I think that he it was like some weird injury that he got, and someone else slipped in, and now I mean became the starting quarterback. It's, it's he's a handsome he's a handsome boy. It sucks he lives on his mom's couch, but they don't pay league league they minimum. Pay, isn't a yeah, ton exactly, of cash. Exactly. Is well, a ton of cash. It's more than we make, but. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> You're so, I, I love you posting all of these Tommy DeVito memes online, too. Oh my God. You're like the president of the Tommy DeVito fan club. I would be. He's the most Italian person ever oh on God. professional sports. Adam Venetari and Tommy DeVito could be friends, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, Beavis. There's like a next topic. <laughs> Frank Reich was once celebrated as an offensive mastermind and was partially responsible for making the Philadelphia Eagles a Super Bowl champion with not-so-future Hall of Famers Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Now, unfortunately, Reich finds himself parting ways with Carolina Panthers after owner David Tepper decided that 11 games of subpar football was enough reason to let him go. So picture this. This might be the chat GPT part. Chat GPT. We're not that drunk. Now, Reich, the the architect of what was supposed to be a high-octane offense, staring in disbelief as his playbook, once revered as a treasure map to touchdowns, now seems more like a guidebook to nowhere. So the Panthers, who had hoped for a season sparkling with victories with their number one pick, Bryce Young, instead find themselves with more questions than answers as they have the worst record in the NFL. They can't even feel optimistic for for next year, at least for getting next year's uh, number one draft pick because they sold those rights to the Bears for last year's Olympics. So, everyone, do we feel that Frank Wright got a fair chance in Carolina? To be honest, I don't think he did. And I just read an article 11 games! No, but I... I just read an article on this that Tepper wanted Bryce Young and actually Frank Reich. Um, everyone was sure Frank Reich was going to draft CJ Stroud. They're actually yep. sure about it. Yep. Um, and Tepper, who is the owner, right? Um, he was just like, nah, we like Bryce Young. The guy who's like maybe 5'11", who maybe isn't very good at football. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is having like a serious subpar season. Miles, Sand- Miles Sanders' flaws that were in Philadelphia are being shown as a number one guy in Carolina. So bad that Chubba Hubbard has the job back again. It's Chubba Hubbard's team again. Um, I love that name, Chubba Hubbard. <laughs> I do too. I don't think, and all the things they moves they made and the money they spent, I don't think the Panthers got any better. Oh, they definitely didn't. So the end of last year was kind of a, uh, it, it was kind of, it, it brought a lot of optimism in Charlotte because they actually played all right the second half of the year, even though they did lose a lot. But they had a pretty good defense uh, last year. The defense has not has been hasn't shown up this year, and so and f- now Frank Reich is more of an offensive mind. So it's there's reason to believe that uh, you know the off the, the defense isn't really his responsibility, but he's the head coach, so he's responsible for the whole team. Mm-hmm. But the the Panthers as a whole have just not not looked very good. And you, you're absolutely right about David Tepper wanted Bryce Young and Frank Reich actually wanted CJ Stroud or he at least wanted a tall quarterback. And we will talk about this maybe in a future topic. But and CJ Stroud clearly in the MVP discussion. I'm just saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he really is. Save all that discussion because, again, we may or may not be okay. talking about it later. But uh, 11, 11, 11 games, not even a full season. Now, Nathaniel Hackett had the same thing happen to him last year. It's kind of the same situation, too. You have a crappy-ass team, and they just they just look like they don't even want to play, and they don't even want to be on the field. So maybe it is the right move to do that. But in a lot of, in a lot of sense, did he really deserve this job in the first place? 
He did a terrible job in Indianapolis. It's not wrong. And he got fired last year from Indy, and all of a sudden he gets a gets a new job. I mean, that's when you're paying these coaches guaranteed millions dollars. Uh, maybe you should do a little bit more due diligence, right? So uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, New York Jets, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and eleven games, he got fired last season. How are the Jets doing this season? Not. not well, well, great, well, well, right? well. So he got, he got, he was the head coach of the Broncos last year. Oh, okay. He got fired. He got fired. I think after thirteen games. Uh, but then, but then he got hired as the Jets' offensive coordinator. He's to part Aaron of the Johnson. Aaron Rodgers project. Yes. Oh, uh, that's been going great too. I've heard. Um, well, Aaron he's, coming is, he's coming back or, this season. Well, so then, uh, let me, well, so how are, how are, how are the Broncos? Magic. How are the Broncos doing? <laughs> the potion. To be honest, the Broncos are doing great. Oh, okay. they didn't. They didn't start off very well. They looked like the worst team ever. They gave up seventy points to the Dolphins. Yeah, but, but they every, are. But they've won five, five games in a row now. They've yeah, won five okay. games in a row. The Broncos look great. Okay. Sean McVay might have moved himself into the um, Sean coach Payton. Of discussion. Sean or Payton. Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton might have okay. moved himself into the coach year discussion. Honestly, he has. Okay. Yeah, because I so I was just curious, great, because eleven games, it's just for anything. I, I don't think that's a large enough sample size to you know really make an assessment of because there, there's so many factors and to direct all of the criticism. This has been the, the week of firing head coaches and offensive yeah. coordinators for teams that are underperforming. Um, what is yeah. what is it? There's not the usually bit. this many midseason moves. There's there's like not. Josh lot. McDaniels got got fired too. Now he got a couple seasons to do something, but he he didn't. He did nothing. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Belichick to hire him again. Do you guys think technology <laughs> has something to do with this? Because th- there's just so much more data that folks are like, well, we we can just do the assessment right now like that, and we no. can make these decisions more quickly. I think it has more to do with the fact that of the background that these guys are, because keep in mind, these are billionaires. They made lots of money either on Wall Street or just or just somewhere where you know you have to have more of a cutthroat attitude. So if something is not working, you know, in Wall Street, you usually you, you, you chop off the head right then and there. And that's what's kind of happening with NFL coaches right now. It happened in um, on the Mets as well. You know, well, who we like to refer to as Uncle Steve. Uh, what's his last name? Is it Cohen? Steve Cohen? Steve Cohen. Yeah. Um, he just, he, you know, he, he tried to make all these big moves and sign all of these these big free agent guys. And he overspent on them, and the Mets by far had the highest payroll of uh, in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, and then he was like, "Well, that was a bad idea," so he just started cutting people left and right. <laughs> I don't know, really, because you got to fire somebody, right? Do you? At, <laughs> I mean, if a team don't you deserve be, some time to get it right, though? If a team who should be better, the Bills, maybe not the Panthers yet, but if a team that should be better isn't. You have to, it is someone's fault. I mean, the bills are a different these, story. These are five hundred million dollar commodities, mm. right? If you are not managing your giant, essentially hedge fund correctly, you get fired. I mean, you do. So why is yeah. it different? I guess the the way that I think about it, Sky, uh, because I have to make some type of parallel in my brain, right? I, I think about it like from the perspective, like a, a music industry perspective of like, you have an artist uh, and their first album doesn't sell as well. Um, like if it was 
today, you'd, you'd cut them immediately. You'd just drop them, right? Um, like Bruce Springsteen wouldn't exist in today's music industry, perhaps, because they would have just said, okay, one album didn't sell, you're done, get out of here, right? Um, so I, I guess I, I think about, like, there are opportunities to make course corrections to uh, improve. And again, think about all the different variables. So uh, I don't know, it's just, it, it seems like it's a, a tough call to fire within an 11 game period. Uh, not saying that somebody doesn't need to get blamed. However, um, you know, you're, you're not letting things naturally progress to an extent, perhaps. Kyle, I, I like that comparison, but I don't because the music industry, you're, I mean, you, while you do invest a lot of money into the artists up front, uh, I mean, the record companies, they're, they're not paying out these artists for the next like four or five years. Like if, if, if something didn't pan out and you want to cut them, then you cut them. And there's pretty much no harm, no foul from a record company perspective. Meanwhile, with NFL owners, they're gar- coaches are getting multi multi-million dollar deals that are guaranteed money. So Frank Reich, I think, had like a few years left on his deal. Josh McDaniels that definitely had a few years left on his deal. And they're going to essentially make millions of dollars just sitting at home now. I'm not here to defend millionaires. I want to make that very clear. You still got to win. Way out of time for the next topic. Yeah. Yeah. So let's bring it to something that Kyle could talk about. Hey. Wow. So in odd music news, Hall & Oates are embroiled in a legal battle. <laughs> oh, I heard battle about this. That has led to Hall getting a restraining order against his former music partner, Oates. Hall has been recently very disparaging about the connection between him and Oates, going on to diminish the collaborative aspect of their number one hit, Kiss My List, saying he was responsible for all the harmonies, even though Hall was credited as a co-producer. So... With the assumption of this lawsuit and subsequent restraining order are because of the sudden anger over creative input and clearly money. Um, what's going on with Hall & Oates and why do we care? Well, it's a, that's a nostalgia thing. I mean, Hall & Oates, they were the one of the dynamic duos of the 80s, right? There's, I, I definitely remember listening to a bunch of Hall & Oates songs when I was younger growing up. What I don't understand too, so it, it was Hall that issued the lawsuit against Oates, right? Yes. So Daryl Hall and the restraining order <laughs> and the restraining order. Excuse me. Uh, so I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. Why are I heard about the story fighting? <laughs> uh, I heard about the story, but I don't know all that much about it. But D- Daryl Hall has like some kind of thing that he uh, doesn't he have like a YouTube show where he invites a bunch of musicians to his place in isn't in upstate New York too and he they like they, they essentially it's a jam session between them and I'm sure that gets him paid right so why is he all of a sudden worried about money I don't know can someone can either of you two enlighten yeah. me what's going on with this does welcome to a live from Daryl's house I did not yeah. know about, Mark how do you know about this random YouTube show it's amazing I, I, know, lo- I know lots of things Lots of, lots of things lots of useless crap guy kyle what's up <laughs> no it's i so first off uh it is great um that that show there was some uh later breaking news that i caught on this um, today um so apparently uh as the the legal uh dispute has been unfolding uh it was revealed apparently um oats was planning to sell uh, a portion of a joint venture that they had. 
Um, so uh, partnership related to their music or not related to their music related to their music. Okay. So it was basically like a, a partnership of a body set up to um, oversee trademarks, music royalties, things like that. Oh, so um, is it, was it like selling the library a lot like what like Tina Turner did and Paul McCartney did? Yeah, I think it was related to getting the, the song catalog. And that's been, you guys have seen that pick up, you know, multiple high profile things. Obviously there's the Scooter Braun, Taylor Swift, uh, high profile example, but lots of folks are, you know, thinking about, um, you know, well, let me, let me offload my catalog. Um, the idea is, you know, hey, I'll, I'll purchase it up front and then I'll make my money back uh, based on the the royalties that come in from streaming, like over the next decade or whatever, right? So um, I, I think that it seems like that's what's going on, um, perhaps. Uh, and Hall felt uninformed uh, that Oates was going to do this and, and took um, some... some uh, so like Hall's it. lawyers were telling him, hey, you need to do something because he's trying to be shady. Who knows? I, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't think Actually, this sounds to me that Johnny Oates needs money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't, or he just doesn't care anymore. And he's like, well, uh, what do I want uh, rights to, you know, my my IP or a, a bucket of cash? Um, you know. Uh, but it, it does look like, unfortunately, it's it's coming down to money. Um, Nobody needs to I send think, his grandkids to college. Um, it's it's a shame because I so I feel very very strongly that Private Eyes is a perfect album. Um, that <laughs> album has. I've heard that before. I've actually heard that before. It has everything that you want. First off, Private Eyes is is a great song. The Watch um, is a good song. I can't go for that. Right. Uh, no. Did it in a minute. And I was think Maneater on that album too? Was Maneater on that album? Was Maneater on that album? on that album. That is okay. a, a wonderful single. Uh, I think the sleeper hit uh, from from that album is 100% Head Above Water. Uh, yes! Everyone that has not heard that song, go listen to it. Uh, it's 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 just perfect, right? So uh, I think is, I'm going to listen to Hall really & Oates on Amazon Music tonight. See the back and forth. I'm sorry, what was that, John? <laughs> I think I'm going to listen to Hall & Oates on Amazon Music tonight. Since we live in... We live in the modern times. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. You can listen to anything at any point and any time. And I, so I don't need to put a record on? I'm no. confused. Huh. No, you just ask your Alexa to turn it on. Shut up. Oh, she might. <laughs> As Alexa, Alexa's always listening, John. She's <laughs> yeah, always like she listening. Turned, she turned her stupid little light on and I thought she was going to fuck around. I know oh, you've so been, you've been saying, you've been talking about hollow notes this whole time now. Now your whole like, your newsfeed on Facebook is going to be nothing but hollow notes stuff. You know, it's going to the really, the, the really fucked up thing is I'm going to go downstairs tomorrow and there's going to be like a Hall and Oates splash page on my Amazon show. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's going to be like Hall and Oates, like it's going to talk about the news article. It's going to talk about the restraining <laughs> order. And I'm going to be like, fuck you, Alexa, you were listening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, you heard me. It's right there. It's right um, right you're, there. you're super lucky that you've got your headphones on, or the rest of this conversation would just be me trying to work Alexa into sentences <laughs> uh, and ruining your podcast. Do you guys remember? Okay, when like a year after all, like the the voice assistants came out, and like there were commercials that were trying to activate your Alexa on Xbox television. On. Oh yeah, Xbox One. <laughs> that was amazing. What a great yep. marketing campaign. Uh, but if I could add one last thing, 
I do think it brings up a broader conversation about where the industry is going um, with with ownership uh, of rights, uh, both the uh, actual song uh, and the um, the ownership of the actual recording, um, and how artists are are justly paid um, for uh, the, the creative content that they're creating. Um, so, you know, while we think about, you know, hollow notes and those guys might not need money, um, these types of issues do impact other artists that aren't, you know, mega millionaires. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that aren't them. So. I think licensing in general for IP is a really, really slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with AI, uh, and, uh, that's a can of worms that I, I won't open. Do it. No, no, I couldn't. It. No, don't make me. <laughs> By the um, way, Pete has said that he always thought Hollow Notes sounded more like a breakfast cereal, and he lo- and he loves cereal. <laughs> this is a huge uh, missed branding opportunity for them. They'll never do it now because uh, because well, they hate each other. Yeah, so they're, uh, maybe not on speaking terms. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. We're probably maybe. not going to get the reunion tour, you guys. I'm sorry. Eh, they'll make up. They'll make up. Will they? What I'm reason sure. do they Everybody have? Everybody feels a little more person. permanent. <laughs> They're both very old. I've got a next stop. Big for you. So let's go back in time in April when it was a glorious feeling in North Carolina as they anxiously awaited the Panthers to choose their new franchise quarterback. Imagine this, though. Picture who I think should be the next big bad in Marvel movies, the smarmy NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, saying these words. With the first overall pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers choose C.J. Stroud from Ohio State University. So Frank reality. So Frank Wright gets the tall mobile quarterback that he likes to deal with, and D'Amico Ryans gets presumably Bryce Young. So everyone, do we feel that if last year's top picks were reversed, I'm sorry, last draft's top picks were reversed, uh, that we would still think C.J. Stroud is the better quarterback? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of the fact is that the Texans have a better O-line and better receivers, right? Don't they? Yeah. So, yeah, essentially, who would who would CJ Stroud throw to on the Panthers? He has Adam Thielen. That's it. I can't I can't name another Panthers. I just looked it up. DJ, DJ Shark and Jonathan Mingo. I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, DJ Shark and Adam Thielen. Ooh. But Frank Reich would have gotten the, the quarterback that he wanted. Well, I mean, and it would have been better. Would Bryce Young be as successful as CJ Stroud is in, in Houston? He's only 5'10". I don't think so. I think Bryce Young isn't suited for the NFL. He doesn't look good. He's not making good decisions. He's not getting good vision. He's not making good throws. I mean, he just so, doesn't look like a good quarterback. But he, was, he looked like a good quarterback when he was at Alabama. But then again, he had two really good wide receivers with him. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the NFL, comparatively, and the thing about most professional sports versus college sports is that the defenses are much, much better. Much, so much, much better. better. Stronger, much faster. Better. Stronger, faster. More smarter. More smarter. And taller. Hey, taller. And taller. Than your little five foot, t- five foot ten ass. I mean, I'm only five six, right? I'm a short man, but I can never and, play. And ca- Doug Flutie was a successful NFL quarterback listed, listed at five nine. Okay, so, well, I don't need permission to ask questions. I, I've, I've got a question for John. You're so kind, John, John what do you have against short kings? <laughs> I don't have Why? anything yet. I just, I just remember being tall, right? <laughs> I was tall. 
I I have been five foot six. You were tall at one point. I was five foot six ish <laughs> from huh. like maybe nine and a half. So I was uh-huh. tall for a second, and being tall was great until I wasn't tall, and now I'm not tall. And 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 I realized not being tall put me at an empirical disadvantage on sports because I used to be good at sports. And besides being a little fat and forty two, now I'm bad at sports, and it's it I wish happened it was a when little I got bit taller. I wish it was. It taller. happened when I got short. Oh, but you have the Cal- rights to that song. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's only a couple of seconds, and no one's listening. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, no one's listening. So <laughs> it's a relief. We can do whatever we want. FCC Three seconds. Can't find us. Three seconds. Sorry, FCC. <laughs> I think that Bryce Young has to be better than C.J. Stroud because he is four inches shorter than him. If, if Bryce Young had better receivers to throw to aside from Adam Thielen, he might be a little bit better. If he had Devontae Smith again, and who, who was the other one that he had? I, I mean, let's think who, about who it, though, the other right? Nico Collins last year was fine, but he wasn't the Nico Collins that he is this year. He wasn't. He wasn't. And do you think Tank Dell would be a better, uh, would be as good of a wide receiver know, if he was on the team? He's also kind of a tiny little he's man. He's tiny. He's a little, little bite-sized little guy. He's still taller than us, but he's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Comparatively, right? And so I think that making a one-for-one comparison is a little bit difficult. Honestly. Would Frank Reich be, uh, would have gotten fired, you think, if CJ Stroud was his quarterback? I think he would have been better. Would the Carolina Panthers this season with one-for-one change be, what are they, six and four, seven and three, the Texans? Uh, I believe they're six and five. Six and five. Would they be knocking on the door maybe in playoff contention? I don't know. I don't think think, so. I don't think we can talk about that because I just, it's not really one for one. Do the Texans look like a smarter franchise picking a taller, seemingly better quarterback? Of course they do. It's not even just that. Uh, uh, Just pretty much all their draft picks. They've, they've, they've hit a lot of home runs with their draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking tanked out, man. Tank Dell, Nico Collins last year too. Great, great season. A great season. What a great name for a, a football player too. Maybe not like a <laughs> wide receiver, but like a, like like Tank Dell. Yeah, I, I imagine Tank Dell as a defensive lineman, not a two not tanks a slot in the draft receiver. this season. But in, in the draft this season, by the way, Tank Dell and Tank Bisbee. Tank Dell, much better. <laughs> what, who who was the other Tank? Tank Bigsby. Which is amazing. That's, That's another an great ama- football name. An amazing name. What like, what, do you, he seems what position like did he play? I think he is a wide receiver. No, he's a running back, Tank Bigsby. I'm going to look it up. Oh, that's a good name for a running back. Yeah, he's a running back, Tank Bigsby. Run like a tank. <laughs> smash! NFL smash! I just uh, I want to say that the the internet has informed me that uh, Eddie uh, LeBaron um, was a uh, four-time Pro Bowler uh, quarterback. He was 5'7". So Too I short. just want to say that's, well, apparently not. Apparently not. Pro Bowl kids doesn't mean anything. Very short. Hey, short kids dream. <laughs> Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. I mean, like Doug, Doug the, Flutie though. Doug Flutie was a pretty good quarterback, and he was five nine. Yeah, he was an okay quarterback. What do you mean okay? You would love you would love if he was on the Giants. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Think about all the quarterbacks you've had in between Phil Sims and Eli Manning. I can't remember a lot of their names. <laughs> Could have been Doug Flutie. One of them could have been Doug Flutie. That's how it works. There's only a few guys that are (laughs) Peyton Manning and the few guys that are Pat Mahomes and a few guys that are Jalen Hurts. It's the reason they get paid a lot of money. 
Pete's talking about cereal again. He says Flutie was good enough to have his own breakfast cereal. And the NFL, right, (laughs) isn't one for one. Like, you know who else is not going to be a successful quarterback who was a very NFL quarterback who was a very successful college quarterback? Stenson Bennett, who hasn't played one game this season because of some random thing that I don't. Is he even on on an NFL roster? No, he got drafted by the Rams. He's a Ram. But he um, got put on pup um, before game one and they didn't talk about the reason and he hasn't played one game. And it's maybe because he's a tiny little snack of a man, but he's a world champion. He's won three Rose Bowls with Georgia. I mean, so is Tim Tebow. <laughs> right. So is Tim Tebow. It's not one for one. You so is AJ McCarron. There's so many. So is of Vince them. Young. There's so many of them, Mark. There's so many of them. Washout, first round washouts is a very, very, very common NFL thing, especially in quarterback. Also, so I, I haven't heard uh, a single word you guys have said because I've been, uh, I've been thinking, would they, would they be fluties? Would they be flutios? Uh, flutie flakes. Flutie, flutie flakes. flakes. They were flutie flakes, by the way. That happened. What? That was, that was, that's a true It's fact. a real thing. He had a breakfast cereal. Yeah, I mean, it was an advertising thing, but he had oh, Flutie Flakes for no, sure. I mean, that's great. They're pretty good, too. Cash that yeah. check. I mean, they were just cornflakes. Wow. You're just cornflakes. <laughs> Mark, we need to do this show every day. It's so fun. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. Next topic now! All right, so in other cool news, uh, legendary director Rob Reiner announced production for the This Is Spinal Tap 2. <gasps> uh, it will begin in February. And uh, the original cast of Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Christopher Guest are set to reprise their roles as the original band. And mega stars Paul McCartney, Elton John, and Garth Brooks are going to guest star. Um, Rob Reiner states that he never planned to do a sequel, but began discussing it with the actors, and they came up with an idea that might work. So is this dumb? It sounds dumb. My first thought was that, but also Rob Reiner isn't a guy who would just make something bad especially a film that theoretically put him on the map will we see this and what do we think about unnecessary sequels to great films in general so this is spinal tap uh like oh geez 40 years ago yeah so i mean do we want to see a bunch of people in their 70s (laughs) uh i guess we have the rolling stones right We've wanted to see a, a sequel to This Is Spinal Tap for a long, long time, but yeah. it, it might be it might be like 30 years a little too late. The first one was just so funny. So I mean, it's like funny. epically good, right? Epically good. Uh, this Is Spinal Tap is the kind of movie like Inception or whatever that you tell your friends to see, like, mm-hmm. right? You're just like, this movie, you have to see. You just have to Kyle, see. It. Kyle, you've seen this, right? You've seen I've, this as Spinal Tap? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've, I've, never, I've never told anyone to watch Inception, but I have told people to go watch <laughs> this Spinal Tap. You know what? I was going to come up with something much better and my brain yeah, shut off. Inception was not a good, a good example. That's totally okay. So that, yeah, that aside, I mean, it, it Sorry, is Leo DiCaprio. Come uh, on, The Prestige. Here, I, I just redeemed myself. Oh, the Prestige. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Dave, David Bowie as... Fuck uh, yeah, The Prestige is great. Shut your mouth the the best I no didn't say i didn't say anything yeah but <laughs> your you eyes. looked a certain way that made me uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> because that movie is is excellent yeah this is final time again absolute classic it, it is this phenomenal lampooning of like what it is to be a musician to play in a band to tour uh, to to work with those people in that environment right it's so funny and it's so relatable for someone that anyone uh, that has been a musician or uh, done any type of, of stage work, 
Um, and it's got so many classic lines, right? Like ours go to 11. Um, my personal favorite is when they get the, the little stone hedge, uh, and, uh, the guy's like, you know, whether or not he knows the difference between inches or feet, not my problem. <laughs> um, right? like, uh, and it's like, you know, that guy, you see that guy and you're like, I know that guy who's just like, I do what I'm told. I, you know what I mean? And so is there plenty to still make fun of? Uh, about the music industry absolutely like what it was back then and what it is now it's two completely different worlds right the rock star has changed like who who is a rock star has changed i do think that there's plenty of source to like work off of i'm so hesitant because i sequels it's bad like right we've we've gone to such a creatively bankrupt point uh, we need fresh blood. We need new IP. We need new stories and new heroes. And it's just, will I see it? Maybe, <laughs> you know, it just, it really depends uh, because it could go so, so sideways. Well, so, that, so quickly. That's the thing that really resonates. You take a movie like this, which was really like almost clerks underground, right? And something that iconic. everyone who it was a conic. Right, but everyone who knows better has seen this as Spinal Tap, but you also, it's not, wasn't mainstream at all. No. To take a movie like that and to re, just like throw 75-year-old Christopher Guest, he's 75 by the way, into a movie and expect him to be the same kind of funny is a real big ask. I mean, those guys are funny, though, right? Those and guys are hilarious. The, the, songs, <laughs> the songs are brilliant, right? Yeah, they're, they're actually, they're good songs. Like, you can just put those songs on and just listen to them right 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 they're they're great right so like can they do it um you know i i I hope so i don't i don't want to see them set up to fail though well the oddity of this and the reason why i brought it up in the question is like rob reiner doesn't just make shit no he doesn't you know he's not he's you know he's not that guy he's not that big explosion like refresh movie guy he's just not but the chances that you can take now, it, it's such a different environment. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd certainly be concerned about studio meddling um, or what the final product that they can finally Want to just out. talk about like the investment portion of it and the fact that if someone is going to invest $50 million in you or $100 million in you, that, that they want a sure thing, right? Yeah. Well, there's, there's no... You, you know, mean like you the Flash? A, like the, I mean, the Flash made a ton of money. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, again, because you you need something that's no, going to knock it out of the park in the theater, <laughs> right? Like, and that's why you know this this is Spinal Tap two has a better chance of doing that than you know having a, a new cast of characters who maybe you know they're they're sitting in their their bedroom studio and they're you know we're going through a modern plot um, that's still again kind of talking about the same things, but it's a, a new fresh take. Like that's not going to get people in the theater. There's we like a sequel better than a remake. Yeah, well, well, because there's, you know, I I can't have underground anymore. I can't rely on DVD sales or VHS sales, right? right. I I have to get somebody sitting in a theater immediately for me to have a payback. And so, um, you know, it's it's kind of again, I I I'm concerned that it's creating a situation for these really really brilliant and talented artists. Uh, it's it's setting them up maybe to fail. Is is my concern. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I hope not. Probably. probably. If we look at like modern movies, right? 
and we look at like the Marvel's failing after the first weekend making over $50 million. I mean, just like the amount you need to succeed is just, it's getting really aggressive. The fact of it is like something like that should have made a ton of money and it didn't. So why is that? Well, it may, it didn't because there was a lot of initial bad press, but like, how do you control that? How do you make a movie and, and guarantee an investment for as much money as it takes to make a modern film? It's just, crazy it's crazy gotta make good choices no it's just the reason why it's i don't even think it's that anymore it's it's the reason why we're not getting you have to have good writers why we're not getting original content because no one is willing to take a risk on something that might not make their money back straight up yeah Yeah. you're not wrong you're not wrong i i do think i i at least i have maybe a smidgen of hope um after the incident that was barbenheimer this year, <laughs> right? <laughs> bro. But I mean, like huge smashes, and they they weren't superhero movies. They weren't sequels, right? They were still to an extent. At least Barbie, it was a familiar IP. Also, right? hot take: Barbie was better than Oppenheimer. I didn't see either. Hot take. That I is a hot was. take. And yeah. I mean, they were both very good. I want to see I, them. Oppenheimer's probably going to win more awards than Barbie. Let's be Maybe. honest. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know. Giving Greta Gerwig best uh, best director that's a move that the that the Academy can make and really make a splash. Uh, and Oppenheimer we'll see. didn't have Michael. She doesn't. She doesn't not deserve it. By better, do you mean was it more entertaining or was it a better movie? I think it was a better movie because those are two different things. I think it was a better movie. I think it was a better right. film. And, right. and and from a film perspective, not even an enjoyment perspective, I think the characters had a little more development. I think that the story was a little better. And and maybe just because biopics are hard, like biopics are hard to make original because they are a biopic. But, you know, there were parts of Oppenheimer that were a little long in the tooth. Honestly. So, Mark, you, you tr- do, do I have time for a question? I'm going to keep asking. I don't sure. Do you have go, a, go, go ahead. Anything go ahead. You want. Um, so, so, you know, you kind of just cut it out. <laughs> I'm not going to. I love, I love content. Fix it in post. Uh, so, uh, Marky, you know, you brought up the, you know, was it a better made film or was it more enjoyable? Uh, question I always like asking people, uh, is there good and bad art? That's a good question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So that, that's one response. That's like 50% of the responses that I get to that question. And then there's another 50%. So, so Mark, run with it. Like what, what is your, why, why is it a black and white? Of course there's, there's good and bad art. That question, while it is kind of a yes or no, I don't know if good and bad art is a black and white response because, you know, what I might consider to be bad art, someone else might consider to be good art. So it's that is is purely while it's an objective answer, it's it's purely a subjective question. I I think film film as a form of art is a little different and 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 mainly because right. I enjoy bad movies because I enjoy, like, I'll enjoy a slasher flick or, like, something. I love comic book movies. Are comic book movies good film? No, of course not. They're not, right? So do I love a good movie? Like, do I like, did I like Oppenheimer because of how well crafted it was and how good it was acted? Yeah. I mean, and I think those are two different things um, because... You can make a good movie and not make it be good art, but you can make a good movie that is good art. And those, I mean, I like them differently, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And uh, and if you have an opinion, make sure that you drop it in the comments. Hey, like hey, and subscribe. Yeah. Tickle oh, that bell. You didn't say it in the intro because Pete's I didn't not say here. I've got to get invited back. <laughs> yeah, I totally are. <laughs> Do it. Do the next topic. Do it now. So in a turn of events that's left many political observers baffled, George Santos remains a member of Congress as of this recording of the podcast, despite a whirlwind of controversy. Now imagine walking the halls of the Capitol where whispers and sideways glances follow Santos like shadows. His resilience in the shadows. face of mounting scrutiny is something of a political high wire act. Each day brings new revelations, yet Santos, like a Houdini-like flair, seems to dodge the political fallout that would typically unseat a tenacious figure. Back in his district, constituents are in a state of bewilderment, their morning coffee conversations dominated by the latest Santos saga. Meanwhile, on social media, memes abound, portraying Santos in scenarios as outlandish as his alleged fabrications. In this bizarre political landscape, though, Santos continues tenure is a stark reminder of the unpredictable and often surreal nature of American politics. By the way, that entire thing was done by ChatGPT and I did not edit it at all. But I just want to <laughs> let you know, I was totally thinking that and I totally knew you didn't write it. This is not how you write. That's totally not how I write. So everyone, how has George Santos made it this far in Congress? <laughs> Because the political landscape in modern America is filled with garbage people, and he's another garbage person. I mean, but has what has he done? He's top, done like nothing. It's, he's done like nothing. But who All cares? Because right. no one actually, no one like you have. Let's say you have you know fifty million people in your district, right? And how many? Well, how many of those fifty million people actually care how good of a politician you are? How, how many think? How many things you've accomplished? And they, how, they, they may have voted for you because of one thing that you've either done or said. How ethically like viable you are, or how, what your moral standpoint is on hot button issues. Nobody, nobody gives a shit. So and he's. It, it well, is fucking disturbingly sad. It's disturbingly sad how the, how true the, that is. The thing with Santos, though, he seems to. So one, you know, the whole. Uh, um, the the whole like we're, we want to bring both parties together for whatever reason there's a lot of bipartisanship associated with George Santos like everyone wants him gone both sides of the aisle want him gone his his district wants him gone but he's still there he has refused to resign now he has this whole ordeal with the ethics committee right now and a whole laundry list of things that he's being accused of let me let me just go down the list this this is fun. So he's used political funds for Botox, personal travel and purchases at uh, Hermes and OnlyFans. He illegally Only fans, you say. OnlyFans. Yeah, I know. That's bringing up an old topic. Illegally received <laughs> unemployment benefits in June of 2020. He committed identity theft by stealing donor credit cards for unauthorized purchases. He's lied to Congress about some financial disclosures. He reimbursed himself for loans he did not make. He lied about where he went to high school and college and being a volleyball star. He lied about working on Wall Street. He lied about founding an animal charity and swindled a disabled vet. He lied about his mother dying on 9-11. He lied about his grandmother being a Holocaust victim. He lied about his niece being kidnapped and... This really has nothing to do with anything, but I'd like to always like to mention it. He was potentially a drag queen in Brazil known as Ula Richard. He's a very odd looking man. I do not think that that is on. How did he ever get elected? <laughs> Nobody cares. 
fraudulent behavior, right? It, it was going to the public and saying, here are my credentials. Um, I, as a citizen, uh, might not, you know, I, uh, I'm not going to go to the local library and dig into records and, you know, try to uh, uncover, you know, what what is true or not about, um, you know, this individual so, um, you know, it, it was, I think, I think it's a combination of fraudulent behavior and of course, uh, us moving to a more bipartisan, you know, just vote down the ticket, um, for, for your affiliate party. Right. So if you show up, um, you see, he's the Republican candidate. You say I'm a Republican. You want to vote for Republican, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of, you check the box. So unfortunately I think that's why we're, we're seeing the bipartisan blowback too. Cause it's not like, it's not something you can say it's a witch hunt, right? Like it's just a, Hey, I, I went to this university and he doesn't have a degree or like I, I went to this government and they were investigating him for wire fraud, right? Like these are, we're kind of in a factual area where suddenly magically uh, in politics, we're agreeing on a singular reality uh, and that reality is pointing towards, you know, this man's under investigation. And it, it you know, is inarguable that, um, you know, he, he he lied to people. So, I mean, what politician has a lot to people, right? That, and that that is actually his defense right now. It's like, you know what? I'm working with a bunch of scumbags, too. So why aren't they being put in the same and in some respects, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what about ism is is not helpful like right like uh i broke the law but he did too well we're not talking about him right they're like, all we, dirty we, come on all politicians are dirty person later like we're you know we're figuring out through due process what you did wrong right like just because uh, and i think that's a major problem too right of like it's it's just a a, a very low brow sort of point that we've gotten to of like i can't be held accountable uh because there's either a real or perceived notion that uh my opponent uh was also doing that or they did something worse uh and again real or perceived it's it's uh again i think unfortunate where we've gotten in the discourse but this one seems to be a universal hey this guy you know uh he is not qualified uh to be representing anyone now it's it's not set in stone yet now there's going to be a vote in the house tomorrow being friday uh, the, when, if you hear this on, you know, uh, Apple podcast or Spotify, the vote would have already happened. Now, presumably they, they say they have the votes to, uh, to, to kick him out of Congress. They need two thirds of, uh, of the votes, not just a simple majority to actually kick him out. So we'll see what happens. We we'll like see that. what happens. You like that. We'll see Mark. I think it's your favorite. Time, time will tell. That's what I used to say on the uh, the what these balls miss. I think that he will go. I think there's there's uh, going to be enough votes to actually kick him out. We'll see. Mark, the most interesting man in the world, is ready for our next topic. In a world, <laughs> do it. <laughs> I can't do it as well as Pete. Yeah, I know. Pete, we miss you. Pete, I, I challenge you uh, next time I'm I'm on this podcast, which will be never because I won't be invited back. <laughs> I, I dare you to be brave enough to show up, show me your face and not have a kid. 
<laughs> I do also want to make it very clear uh, that I'm I'm so astoundedly uh, happy for for both of you. Uh, but oh my I, god! I do at the end of this episode. Uh, I, I I do want to like wrestle professional wrestler challenge you uh, to fight me uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I love it. Well, this took for a turn. <laughs> but we're going to talk about our favorite topic. AI! So guys, AI! After a week of turmoil at OpenAI, the dust seems to be settling. CEO, who I've called for his assassination, oh, and apparently yeah. it caught, made him be fired. CEO Sam Altman yes, has been you, fired. Yes, you actually were the one that got him fired. That's amazing. Because everybody's listening. <laughs> um, along with 95% of the staff signing a petition and threatening to join Altman at Microsoft, where he was set to start if the board didn't resign. Uh, in their letter, staff said that directors had undermined, this is quotes, our mission and company in the way that Altman was fired and stripped co-founder Greg Brockman of his position, subsequently forcing him to quit. Uh, so my question, and what yours should be, is what caused the most profitable startup of, of the last 10 years to almost implode? So Altman said something interesting the day before his firing. Uh, he, he said he'd been in the room for a rare breakthrough. And before the firing, several staff wrote a letter to OpenAI's board warning of a new way of discovery that could, again in quotes, threaten humanity. The more I hear about, oh, I'm sorry, you haven't asked your question yet. I haven't asked your question yet, but it's okay, because it's insane. <laughs> um, so what happened at OpenAI? Did we just experience the singularity? Or is it just AI companies being fully invested in their own jargon and self-importance? I mean, clearly, uh, everyone at OpenAI has been listening to the podcast and has <laughs> just followed suit for you to get Sam Altman fired. However, I guess we failed to realize that apparently there's a Sam Altman's a leader of an OpenAI cult and that everyone just kind of wants to follow and do what Sam Altman says. I mean, a little bit. I mean, what do you mean a little bit? <laughs> Remind me now, uh, Sam Allman, did he get reinstated at Open, OpenAI? Yes, he is again yes, CEO of OpenAI. Because the board resigned. Because the board resigned. So, John, do you think that is the right move? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I am more specifically interested in, and, and the name of the program, by the way, is QSTAR, and, and the, the development that I believe and that most of the internet believes happened is that they successfully got an AI to perform reasoning tasks and solve math problems and other reasoning problems that they had never seen before. The, the difference between a language learning model and what QSTAR is trying to be is it's the difference between pattern recognition and actual like internal intelligence, right? Um, I think they did it. I think oh. they did. Because what's going to cause all those really smart people drinking the uh, AI Kool-Aid? To say, this is maybe a little too much, you guys. Then I have to ask. So I, I've got some pretty strong opinions, but I, I love questions. And I'm going to ask a question. We've um, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad habit. Do it. Uh, do, I mean, do you, think, do you think that was, do you think it was a knee-jerk reaction? Do you think that that happened and then the board panicked? They felt that they weren't informed that this was something that was, um, you know, at the stage that it was. So... It was a, you know, we we disagree the pace that this is advancing or, you know, what do you, do you think that was the cause of 
I do, um, by the way, yeah. of his firing. Um, that, yeah. I think the week before he got fired, Sam Altman asked for new funding from Microsoft for this project. I mean, I think that he is really, really invested in developing um, a sentient being, like thinking AI. And whether or not it's possible, I don't think he cares about. I think that he thinks, it, I think that he thinks it's possible, and he's yeah. working towards it being possible. Now, that being said, um, reasoning and, and the purpose of QSTAR is the purpose of all modern AI research. Everybody has large language models now and they want to get to the next step and the next step is reasoning. This is the question of if, even if you can, should you? That's the question that we have posed ourselves now. Yeah. And but that, that just, is the future though, isn't it? That's, that's the future. That's where it's, 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 it's going. We want, as a society, not necessarily in the, in the short term, but probably in the long term, for AI to be able to do certain things for us. And reasoning is going to be part of that. See, I think that there's a difference though, Mark. I think, and I am all for technology tools. I mean, I am a professional technologist, self-admitted. I love all of it. But there is a difference, I think, between what language learning models are and the fact that they're mostly like an efficiency tool because most of humanity is pretty lazy. And what the idea of, let's just say QSTAR for, for sake of argument, could be. Like, yeah. I don't know if I want to develop a self-thinking entity that the, the, the morally bankrupt people at OpenAI would just sell to the military to say, let's yeah. just get right into it, run their raptors, right? And, we, and we've kind of already seen it, right? There was those two entities that, were, uh, that started, like, they, they created their own language and they, they locked, like, the human beings out of, uh, of control for a while, right? Yeah. So it happened. Yeah. Like, our worst yeah. fear happened. Yeah. Not not like in the year like 2120. No, it happened in the year 2023. Kyle, before we run out of time, because I think you have strong feelings about this, I would like to hear them. Okay. Yes. Here's here's the here's the deal, gentlemen. No, I I, I think the, the the crux of the the issue is is exactly what you brought up, John, which is that like there is the like optimistic futurist vision of what we're going to do with this. Like you know, oh, we, you know, we could have the, the three-day work week or, you know, we'll be able to uh, free up human beings to do higher thought processes and like, or we can, you know, have AI help us solve, uh, you know, medical issues or world problems. That's not what we're going to do with it. That's absolutely <laughs> not what we're going to do with it. Right. I know. Like, I know. like you said, yeah, we're, we're going to sell it to the military uh, and, you know, uh, a, a drone can pick targets on its own or or we're, we're going to create a, like a robot girlfriend. Yeah. Or or <laughs> we're going to going back to our previous conversation about, uh, you know, music. Um, we're just going to steal everyone's intellectual property, jam it into an AI generator uh, and pump that out. Uh, and then all of a sudden we don't need these pesky artists. Uh, with all their bright ideas and having their hands out asking for money. So I just read an article uh, today, um, not an article, but a, a kind of a like an op-ed that Amazon has now limited self-publishing to 21 books, I think, a month because, because people are publishing PDF versions of books that are entirely AI created and trying to sell them. I mean, just think about that, right? Yep. For a second. 21 rubbish-generated AI books sold to people under the, the the like the concept of them being original work and just totally diluting the market totally in everything every every single topic that there is 
And yeah, not just adult books either, though. We're talking about kids' books, too, that an unsuspecting parent might pick up, give to their kid. It has no real meaning or content. What impact does that have on a child for pre-learning process, pre-reading processes where they're trying to figure out things like narrative, character development, right? Like if you're just giving them nonsense uh, and there's no safeguards, right? There's, you know, maybe Amazon is, is capping, but are they trying to verify um, what is human generated and what is Side AI note, generated? 21 is still a big fucking number. Yeah, that's still uh, a hey, lot of books. That's 21 uh, a month. If, and one if month. If we yeah. went to later tonight, 60 books out there. Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, right? So AI has been like ChatGPT or ChatGPT 4.0 has been out for six months. 3.5 has been out for another six. How many books that are currently being sold haven't had a human or AI generated? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of makes me want to start though. (laughs) There's no rules currently. No, don't don't contribute to the chaos. And (laughs) be strong. like I can open up Photoshop right now. This this current release of Photoshop, I can press one button to remove a background on any picture. I can press another button to add literally anything to any picture. And I am not good at Photoshop. I can go on Adobe Firefly and I can ask it to generate absolutely anything with a sentence. And it will. It's so fucking easy right now and i don't know the technologist in me really loves it really loves it by the way it's super efficient i feel really good about it it's but us as a society totally takes advantage of it (laughs) yeah and to make money and to make money we have to ask what we're giving up because like yes i i get something right maybe i can do something a little bit faster but what am i giving up and i think we are running a very serious circuit and i don't want to be a pessimist about it because like you know uh sure uh as soon as the first drum machine came out i'm sure a drummer was like ah what are you doing stop you know and <laughs> it's produced a lot of really great things or you know a, a photographer who was just like what is this digital camera like film is you know perfect the way it is maybe we can figure out how to regulate it maybe we can figure out how to not lose ourselves entirely but i think this I, one is dangerous it creates and a risk. It creates a new level of risk that I don't think. We've I think seen the danger is not like digital um, DSLR photography, clearly better than film in every way, but artists can still be artists. Yeah. I think that the idea of a whole generation of people growing up with the, um, without the need to be creative on the spot is a real question for like our future as a society and not in our lifetimes, but like, in a hundred years, like I have, we've all seen idiocracy. If we take away that need, people are gonna lose it generationally, right? So I don't know. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I, I like using it. Is, it's really fun. Yeah, but creating is like inherently human, uh, mm-hmm. and if we give that away or have those again, to your point, the transition to digital, there was still a human being behind the experience pulling the trigger. <laughs> Right. Um, this is potentially letting go of that. And uh, I think, um, I think Pete, um, who is our resident artist can tell you that he still makes a ton of decisions based on, um, settings that are mimicked digitally on his phone and on DSLRs. I mean, you're still controlling output and making creative decisions. You are. 
I take a little photography, like a little bit. But, anyway, but what if you're not? But what if you're not topic. choosing what the exposure is? What if it's just automatically decided for you? I mean, right? I mean, because it could yeah, be. Yeah. I mean, when you break it down, it's it's uh, decisions that we make are really just a bunch of ra- random facts in our head, ones and zeros, and it's it's something that could be made so technically by some kind of AI. Somewhere. I mean, and it is, and it will be, and there will be a day in the near future, not the distant future, the near future, where you will not have to make those decisions at all for anything. I mean, and then the question is, is that good or bad? In a world where there's a next topic. So, Black Friday and Cyber Monday have become the Super Bowl of shopping, a whirlwind weekend where wallets open wider than ever. Imagine the scene, eager shoppers camping outside stores in the chilly pre-dawn hours, armed with thermoses and shopping strategies, all for the pursuit of once-a-year deals. Then comes Cyber Monday, where the physical hustle of Black Friday turns in digital. Fingers fly across keyboards and smartphones with consumers hunting for online bargains from the comfort of their homes or even during sneaky office hours. That's not me. So this shopping extravaganza marks the unofficial kickoff for the holiday season. Amidst this frenzy, retail giants and small businesses alike dance to the ringing of cash registers while buyers revel in the satisfaction of snagging jaw-dropping deals. It's a weekend of consumer madness marked by crowded stores, overloaded websites, and the unending quest for the best bargain. So everyone, what Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals did we take advantage of? I gotta tell you, Mark, you gotta start writing your own questions. That was really bad. (laughs) At least a little too long. Uh, At least a little too long. a little. That's what she said? You know what's interesting (laughs) about, um, like... Uh, chat gpt generated like question content like creative content it's always following a template and i mean like right if we understand how it works that's what it does yeah. imagine the scene picture right. this right it's trying to it writes like it's it's writes like it's taking the internet as its example because it is doing that there was, was one really- time where it was it was doing a little bit more to what i had it like to more a little bit more about my writing um i i, I do have to probably preload some of my writing from now on but it's pretty easy it's right. um it, there is uh, you're pretty I, easy i am easy on the eyes hey <laughs> um i have been so fucking distracted that i haven't done any shopping at all and that's really scary actually really i, I haven't done any shopping at all not even I, cyber I, I, monday deals no i totally skipped it i'm also really broke because i do this podcast that doesn't pay me and spend all my money so you know whatever um, right, to be to be fair, you don't spend all your money on the podcast. I know I don't spend all my money on the podcast. <laughs> I spend all my money on eating and being on warm, life, on being on a life human, and the internet. I just think you have a whole other you know, part time stuff, right? Here. It takes a lot of time. Don't give him it's... ideas, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, I said start a Patreon. Then That's I'll just be talking to myself <laughs> and arguing with myself. Um, I don't know. I used to like it when it was kind of an adventure. Um, I used to do like the, the 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 stay up after Thanksgiving and drive over to Best Buy with um with our friend Jeff. Hey Jeff, um, and we used to wait outside the mall in the freezing cold, and um, we used to stay up and play cards in the Palisades until four or five or six a.m. Literally just the whole night, like just like eating chips and hanging out, and then that was really fun. It was like an adventure, and it was kind of cool. It was kind of something that people didn't do. Um, the over commercialization of it is poor. I don't really dig it's it. It's a lot of commercialization, and and they're extending the deals too. Like like I know Walmart had a bunch of Black Friday deals for like the whole month of November. Right. It's become just a marketing term, and we all know that the over marketing of anything makes it bad. It makes it bad. 
Well, and and now we're living in post-pandemic uh, real and artificial inflation uh, Black Friday, uh, which means that deals uh, are exactly what they used to be. Uh, if anything, right. maybe they get us back to 2019 prices. So I, you know, taking a look around this year, it was just pretty bleak. Nothing hit me like it used to and, and tempt me into, you know, I, I did, um, I'm, I'm building uh, uh, my my home studio back up. So I did uh, get some mics uh, for, for a little teeny bit of a discount. I, I needed to buy them anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so it wasn't really like, I don't think it has the same draw. I will say the one positive thing that I think is happening is I, I do think that it's, um, you know, with things moving to, to more digital, um, big box retailers not opening up on Thanksgiving um, uh, is a good thing. Uh, retail workers are, this is super surprising to some people. They are, in fact, human beings. Uh, <laughs> and they should be able to be with their families and have time off. Uh, the the sweet, sweet gears of capitalism can can pause uh, and and people can online shop uh, on, on. Now, is that, though, partially related to the fact that big box stores probably only have another five to ten years of a lifespan? I don't know. Maybe. It's probably a little more than that. Do you think so? Because well, they're all the Macy's. Walmart's and not J- going away. All the Macy's and <laughs> Target's not going away. And all of the Sears's and all of the Caldor and all of the things that Caldor, weren't going, ooh. That weren't going away when we were 10 and 12 and 15. And not Kyle, because he wasn't born yet. But like. <laughs> I didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, all of those things are gone. They're gone. I can't imagine going Target going under in 10 years, though. Yeah, at least localized to this one thing. I think it has more to do with the fact that there's just less foot traffic because people can shop. We also know what's really interesting about this. I don't necessarily know if anything. I don't necessarily know if any retailer is giving us a deal on anything ever. No, I'm going to use an example. You look at Amazon Prime Day, and Amazon Prime Day could be rebranded as Clear Out the Warehouse Day because all of the stuff they're selling on Prime Day is shit. Oh, shit. It's all shit. Or it's Amazon products. Right, or it's Amazon products. It's all like, you was like, wow, a Bluetooth speaker for 50% off. And you were like, wait a second. I've never heard of this brand. Yeah. Wait a second. It's like three inches tall. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe this is a bad deal. Maybe it's actually overpriced. And I think that that like that is more true in a lot of these. Like if you look at the laptop that Best Buy is selling you from a computer guy, the laptop that Best Buy is selling you for $400 under list on Black Friday, you'll be like, well, wow, this this laptop only has four gigs of RAM. Or it's made or, by a company like EBM. Or, or wow, like this laptop only has... <laughs> A hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte hard drive. Like, there's a problem with it. I promise you, there's a problem with it because there's always (laughs) right, right. I promise you, there's a problem with it because none of them. Like, you walk into the car dealership. This is, you know, this is the situation. You walk into the scholarship and you say, "I will not pay more than you know thirty-five thousand dollars." And then they come back with you and they're like, "Well, how about this, Mister Campania?" How about you pay your $35,000, but it's actually over four years with a 4.25% interest rate because they're trying to throw math at you because they're not your friend. 
They're not. It's, what do you mean they're not my friend? <laughs> they're not your friend, Mark. They're not your friend. Mark, man, we, we can't let you go to a car dealership by yourself, dude. All of my dealers are friends. <laughs> <laughs> they would never take advantage of me. Uh, right, right. I guess I just don't think that anything is a deal anymore. So that's why I literally, I just, Well, that's not years, a way to go at it. <laughs> the last couple of years, I've just been like, well, I guess. It's, it's an evolving shell game. Uh, the, there's just new pieces being introduced uh, and they're being moved in different directions. Um, but it does, it feels worse. It, it feels like it used to be at least more fun as a consumer. Um, like well, Black I, Friday empirically used to be more fun because yeah. it used to, it used to Black be Black Friday cool. was never fun. <laughs> no, dude, getting, all right, so a couple years ago, my best I, Black I was Friday afraid I would die in Black Friday. Uh, you, there's no way you're going to convince me a PS4, uh, with Spider-Man, like pretty soon after it was released back in 2018 for 200 bucks. You're not going to sit here and tell me that wasn't fun. No, fun. no, that was fun. No, no. <laughs> okay. That's fine. All right. <laughs> Fuck me. I guess <laughs> next, next time. That's, right, that's why you're not getting invited back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Pete's not here. You can't yell at us. Final topic. It's still going. We're really bad at this. Pete makes Pete makes noises. Do it, Mark. It's the final topic. So to end it, we're going to go back to sports and mainly because some of my questions are getting a little old. Um, so earlier in <laughs> earlier um, in November, um, Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo, which I definitely said wrong. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. There it is. There it is. Was ejected from a recent game after receiving two technical fouls for unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, so the first was reasonably standard disagreeing with a call and using profanity at the ref. The second was called after Giannis taunted Pistons forward Isaiah Stewart for being too short after driving to the hoop and dunking over him. If you've ever seen the too short NBA taunt, it's amazing. Kyle, so I think fun. you're right. I think John has a problem with short people. He just does not <laughs> enjoy short people. Uh, while the rules state that players are ejected after receiving two technical fouls, teeing up a league star for a celebration seems like the refs are having trouble reading the room and realizing that that's part of what makes the NBA interesting. So what do you think about this call, celebrations in professional sports, and how leagues should deal with them in general? Taunting has always been kind of something that you are that you get a technical for. I think really this has more to do with the fact that the players are getting paid so much money that they think they're gods. They think they can walk on water and they can do whatever the F they want. A, a good example of this, not to kind of add on to, to, to Giannis, uh, Draymond Green... Uh, he's a player for the Golden State Warriors. He literally tried to choke out Rudy Gobert on the Jazz. Yeah, that is just true. literally he had him in a chokehold for a for a while. He he got essentially he got uh, like a three or four game suspension. I forget how long it was. It was it was it was tiny. Could you imagine that happening in the real world? What would happen to that person if they try to choke out someone in the real world? I mean, you go to jail. You go to jail. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But this is a different thing. 
I mean, is it though? I I think it's I don't I, I think he's, he's I think rich. it is, but it's not. Like these no, players. No, it's different when you're rich. Yeah, it's different when you're rich. I, that's, I that's actually why. am here to defend millionaires. That is why. I'm <laughs> Kyle is the voice of millionaires. Um, the voice of millionaires throughout the world. Well, I mean, and and maybe not this because it had some taunting in it. But let's like think about um, earlier in the in the season, Tyree Kill borrowed a cell phone and did a backflip, and the now NFL that po- I feel bad about. And the NFL posted it on on their Twitter account, their X account, because it was yep. awesome. And then what did they do awesome. with, with the cameraman? Did you hear about they this? Fired him. They did. Right? They, fi- they took away his credentials for the whole season. And apparently, even though this guy- they posted it on <laughs> social media, he went. He was like, "This is the greatest moment in my professional life." And and actually, the reason that Tyreek did it is because they're friends from college. They're friends, yeah, yeah, actual friends from college. Tyreek was like, "Oh, I'll do something awesome." That is completely unacceptable i'm a huge fan uh of excessive celebrations i do think so taunting no excessive celebrations just constantly they should be uh all over the place uh they're fun uh they're engaging um and like i I guess maybe this is informed like growing up watching like uh chad ocho cinco uh, like that was just, it was fun. It was just, you didn't know what was going to happen. And Terrell Owens a, too, Terrell Owens. Yeah. And maybe it was a, a distraction from the game. And I understand why those things were eventually banned and removed, but, um, I, I'm a very strong proponent of the theatrics. Uh, I think it is harmless, uh, and something like this. And especially again, it's good enough to profit off of, uh, but it's some, there's gotta be consequences. So then this is just random cameraman. Like, all over the internet this past weekend, CJ Stroud and his his offensive players, they set up the whole scene from Baby Boy, John Singleton's Baby Boy, and CJ Stroud is getting fined from that. Like awesome celebrations. I want them in boats. I want them I haven't doing seen that. I want them doing dance numbers. Like all of that stuff is so great. So yeah, why I are we making? I want to see that now. Yeah, it's really good. You should look it up after the show. Everybody should look it up. It's really great. He he fake punches one of the guys out and he falls because that's what. Uh, oh that's well, what I saw I saw that the touchdown celebration. Yeah. Oh, that's is that what you're talking about? Yeah. He got fined for that. Yeah, he did. Why? He's. I don't know. This is the NFL is so fucking weird. Well, it's so right. weird. Well, maybe maybe fines for players. Um, it, as long as there's no consequences of the game, I'm fine with fines with players. Uh, I've I've snapped out of it. I'm not here to defend millionaires. Um, <laughs> they they can take money from them. Oh, if they if they make over a certain threshold, they can find them. Uh, if they're just like an offensive lineman, leave them alone. Otherwise, like just you'd think they'd be okay with it. it like puts eyeballs on a screen, which is ultimately what they're looking for. And what I'm looking That's for is true. I, I want to see the uh, I want to see it say uh, NFL sports entertainment. And so <laughs> it's like wrestling. It is super yeah. interesting. It is super interesting that you said that. CJ Stroud, when asked about his celebration after the game, who CJ Stroud, by the way, is 22 years old, said, I work in an entertainment business. He said the NFL is an entertainment business, and the reason I did it is because I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So boy has his pulse. I love I love CJ Stroud as a professional athlete right now. And I could not say that more emphatically. I, I just, everything he's doing this season is great. Aww. 
You're you're starting a lot of fan clubs here. You're president of fan clubs between CJ Stroud. I'm, and I mean, I'm the I'm I'm, I'm the Tommy touchdowns. Fan and then Tommy, yeah. Oh yeah, you. That's that's a conflict of interest there. So you have to choose between Tommy DeVito and CJ Stroud. Wow. Well, no, you're gonna I choose don't. the Italian, aren't you? Yeah. So again, from an outside perspective, not everyone uh, in the NFL has maybe the the cleanest record, right? Or sports are sports heroes in general maybe make some questionable choices. Uh, both on and off uh, the court slash field slash wherever they're playing, right? So, like, court slash field, court you know, field. if 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 it's something that's fun and harmless uh, and and maybe uh, inspirational, uh, then maybe it's okay if we celebrate that, but we take some other things that might be happening, some other unhealthy behaviors, a, a little bit more seriously, yeah. uh, and let the fun things be fun. Yeah, that's a good point. Stop beating up women, you guys. Yeah, maybe maybe just do that. Maybe have consequences for Stop domestic up abuse women. or like you know, or your children. Stop beating up we women we, and your children. We didn't even talk about Von Miller, did we? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I don't know if I. It's a bad. It's a bad story, and unfortunately, he will never play in the NFL again. It's right, a bad we'll story, and he used to be a very good player. Ooh. All right, Sad ready, John? Pan. I am not ready. I forgot the whole timing. So, yes, I am ready. <laughs> you want me to talk really slowly on the outro? No, I just want you to do it right. And so the we're just going fi- to We're going to just figure it. We're going to figure it out. And Pete's going to Pete's going to cringe on on our our mark, but I don't it's fine. It's fine cuz I'm here and Pete's not. Sorry, Pete. I do All right, the outro is a little bit longer because I did kind of anticipate you needing some All right. Help. Just show. let me know when you're ready. Well, you're just going to go and we're going to see. All how right, I'm just going to go. All right. Yeah. So that is that has been our 10 topics. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. This was actually a blast. Uh, and you you should not invite me back. No, you, you'll you'll be invited again. You'll be invited again. <laughs> anyway, uh, please subscribe to us by tickling that little bell or follow or like on our socials at if these balls pod on X. Instagram, Facebook, Freds, and now TikTok. Despite my TikTok. Our website is www.ifthesballscouldtalkpod.com. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Campania, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. I missed the, I missed the mark, by the way, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Pete. Bye. <laughs>